Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, I have an exciting show for you today. I have another kind of feeling like a mentoring show where somebody reached out to me, they agreed to be on camera and they're just gonna ask me every question they have and hopefully that will help all of you out there as well. So let's welcome Crystal to the show. How you doing, Crystal? Hey, doing good, Michael. I just wanna say thanks so much for taking the time to answer my questions and really appreciate it. So thank you. No problem, absolutely. The show is yours. So take start uh, wherever you want. All right, awesome. So I think, so I'm kind of one of those investors that fall in the bucket of one day we had an idea that we wanted to go into real estate investing. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of my background, I actually started thinking about real estate investing last September. Okay. And if you asked me at the time, oh, how long do you think it's going to take for you to get your first deal? I would have said, yeah, five months, six months, I'll buy something. Yeah. And so it's been almost a year. And I'm like, well, I don't really know if I'm on track to actually buying a deal. Okay. And a little bit of background. I looked at various types of real estate investments from single family to small multifamily to even syndications. Yeah. Um, so I spent a lot of time kind of looking at all of the different options. Right. And now this is the crux of my issue is that there's so many options out there. And so your 75 day challenge, which is super useful because I feel like it's one of the very few courses or challenges that go into this is the not sexy part of real estate right (laughs) you actually have to do your homework um but i'm a little bit in an analysis paralysis mode which i think is what the 75 day challenge is for yep a lot of my questions is directed towards before even doing that how do i feel confident that i'm going the right direction okay so given that background yeah. yeah yeah so a couple of things that first jump out at me first off um your situation is not abnormal. I would almost call it normal, right? You get an itch, you get a scratch, you get an, you, you, you want to do something in real estate investing. Maybe somebody in your circle is doing it. You, you find somebody you can relate to. It's like, Hey, I want to do some of that, right? I understand real estate investing will help my future, right? So lots of people get there. Then, then like you, they, they, they kind of get stuck. You call it analysis paralysis. I call it going an inch in a thousand directions. You're, you're stuck on the how, right? Do I want to syndicate? Do I want multifamily? Do I want houses? Do I want local? Do I want remote? How, how remote? Do I want to go one state away or 10 states away? Do I do a red state? Do I do a blue state? Do I do you know, all of these things, right? You're, so you're going you know, 10, 10 different directions and getting nowhere. So it's very common. This is why I teach and I preach and I say agnosium in my paid course is, is all about this is how do you learn a market? I believe no matter what you want to do, whether it's apartments, syndication, flips, buy and hold, mobile homes, you know, wholesale, you know, all of that. I believe where you need to start is you need to learn a market. And that's the beauty of the 75 day challenge. It's hundred percent free. It's hard on purpose. It tests you. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give you the skill because once you have the skill, you can take it to any market in any asset type. So let's talk, um, do you by chance, have you ever played golf by chance? So I can just use an analogy. Once. Have, yeah. So the first time you pick up a golf club and you swing it, it feels very, ab- like 
you're not coordinated, right? You don't get it. But if you were to try it over and over and get a little coaching and, and you know, you know, practice it one day a week or whatever, you'll be a little bit better every time, right? So what I'm trying to give you when I talk about learn your market is get rid of all the hows. The how is irrelevant for the next three to six months. We're going to show you, Crystal, how to learn a market. Because once you learn a market, you can use that skill for the next 60 years, right? If you want to, like, you're in the Bay Area or where are you? Yeah, I'm in the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, let's just say, for example, you pick the Inland Empire down south or Fresno where I am at or Sacramento. It doesn't make sense in the Bay, right? Too expensive. If you're buying hold anyway. Um, so, let's say you picked one of those markets and you looked at it and, you know, you could do something. But here's the rub. That's not enough, right? When, when some schmuck on YouTube like myself says, hey, go learn Fresno, you're like, oh, what does that mean? Fresno is a million people. It's got thousands of listings at any one time. It's got, it's got some, it, it has million dollar homes and then it has homes to sub 100K. So where do I go? So that's where the next level is. I want you to pick a zip code and it doesn't have to be Fresno. It could be anywhere, right? So get, get granular. Right, then, so we take it. Go ahead. So if we take a step above that yep. is not even just picking that zip code, but choose a market. So I think where I and a few other newbie investors that I know have trouble is choosing one market. So a lot of us are, oh, two markets, three markets, you know, let's look all around because deals are hard to find. So what would you say to investors who are trying to look at multiple markets right now? If you're, if you're again, if you're a new investor and you're looking in multiple markets, you're going inches in thousands directions and you're getting nowhere. You need focus. What you need to do today is learn the golf swing. And you can only learn the golf swing by going to the same driving range, hitting the same hundred bucket of balls every day for 75 days. Once you get that feel and that groove, then you can then and only then should you go to a second market or a third market. Because here's the deal. You can look at a house in Memphis, Austin, Texas, in Detroit, Michigan. They're all the same 1950s build. They're all the same three bedroom, two bath, quarter acre, single story, two car attached garage. You won't know anything. I promise you there are good and bad areas in Detroit. I promise you there are good or bad areas in Memphis. And I promise you there are good or bad areas in Dallas, Texas. You can't do it. And then worse, you could not compare a Dallas, Texas price and rent and return with Detroit. The risk premium is it's apples and oranges. So all new investors, if you haven't done a deal yet, you don't have a team, stop. Pick one market, pick one zip code, pick one asset type. And by asset type, let's get focused there. I want you to be hyper specific. I want you to say three bedroom, two bath, four bedroom, two bath between 1,200 and 1,500 square feet. I want that first list to be no larger than 40 active listings. If your list is 100, it's too big because I want you to look at that same criteria every day for 75 days and it's going to feel abnormal. Like if you listen to some of my students that have a playlist here, they're going to tell you, man, the first seven or 10 days, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. But man, after I did it for 30 days, I started to see, I started to see overpriced, underpriced. I started to understand a deal and it's repetition, it's consistency. It's watching things come on and come off and come back and prices drop. And this market that we're in today is a horrible in market to be a new investor because it's so easy to make a mistake. Everything I bid on 
gets out there multiple bids and gets overpriced. I'm diligent enough to say for F you, I'm not buying that because it doesn't make sense. New investors like, oh my God, I need a deal. Should I, should I raise my price 10 grand? What, what should I do? What should I do? No, it's not a deal if you have to pay here. So you, you need to be comfortable um, getting smaller. I call it getting a focus. Right. And, and it, it seems like what you're saying is you don't necessarily have to pick a zip code and stick to it. Not at all. Stick yeah. to it for 75 days so you know how to apply it in exactly. other zip codes, other markets if you want. Exactly. You take the golf swing from the driving range after 75 days or 90 days when you're starting to feel a little comfortable. And then you can go play golf in Michigan, in Texas, and in Tennessee. But until you do that, until you feel comfortable with your swing to carry the analogy, you're not allowed off the driving range right? That's it. Once you feel comfortable, because then you could take it and go, okay, I've looked at Dallas, Texas for the last hundred days. And I can now tell you what the best deal and the worst deal is in the market. Awesome. Now, if you go to Nashville or Memphis, it'll probably take you 30 days to get the same level of skill because how you learn Dallas is the same. How you learn Memphis is the same. How you learn Detroit, but you can't be in three different markets. It's three different markets, multiple different asset types. It's no wonder you're not making offers. You shouldn't, you don't know anything yet. Yeah. And it's, you can learn three if you want down the road, but at least right now start with one or else there's, yeah, you end up like me one year later. It's not about the market again. It's not, it's not about the market or the how. What I've learned after 20 years is you truly make your money when you buy. And what that means is, is you know, going in what a good or great deal is right? When you run the comparisons in my course and you, you figure out the yield in Dallas is six and then the yield in Memphis is eight and then the yield in Detroit's 10. And I'm making those numbers up just to show that markets are different. Your whole job, if you pick Dallas, which is fine, even though it's a six, is to earn sevens and eights. If you pick Memphis and it's an eight, you should look for nines and tens. And then if it's Detroit and it's a 10, you should look for 11s and 12s. But you can't do that until you do the work. It's not about the market today. It, it's for new investors who are stuck at kind of step minus one or pre-zero. It's not about the how. It's not about flipping. It's not about wholesaling. It's not about buy and hold. None of that. That all comes later. And it's not about, be, it's not even about picking the magic market. That's what, I, that's what I get two questions. That is the, probably the most frequent question. Michael, what market should I be in? That's the wrong question. I don't care what market you're in. Even if you're in freaking Palo Alto, California, which you and I both know is ridiculously expensive. Average price is $3.2 million for a house. If you learned Palo Alto and an average deal is X, I would tell you go nuts. Only do deals that are X plus two, right? Get the best deal you can get in Palo Alto. And, and if you could do a deal in Palo Alto by learning it, you can do a deal anywhere. Um, so that's what I preach and that's what I talk about all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so the prerequisite to focusing on a zip code is to know what zip code to focus on. So mm -hmm. how would you recommend people to narrow down on which zip code? Because yeah, market can have, you know, hundreds, yeah. thousands so, maybe. So. Yeah. so what I would do, like, like lots of people in California where we live just insist on going out of state. So let's just pick a state, Tennessee, right? So, and then let's pick Nashville or pick Memphis. I don't care what it is, but pick that. So what I would do, again, I don't know that market at all, um, but this is my experience. Every, every city of size has where the rich live and where the opposite of that is, and then there's the middle. I would learn the middle. And if we don't know what the middle is, I would call two or three real estate agents and ask, hey, you know, 
where, what's the median? And you could find it, right? What's the median price for Nashville? 162,000. Great. Well, I need to be looking for houses between 150 and 180. What zip code dominates that? Because if you go, go below 150, you're probably in older, lower, higher crime. And if you go 300, you're in the, the rich area. So ignore that, right? You want to go where the masses are. And you could look it up or I would just call a couple agents. Because again, if you take the 75-day hard challenge, like I think it's number three or number four, you have to meet a new person a day. So why don't the first couple be real estate agents? Hi, I'm Crystal from blah, 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 California. I'm looking to come to your market. I'm looking for a three-bedroom. Because again, what you're going to be telling the agents what you're looking for. I'm looking for a three or four-bedroom house, one story, brick siding, built in the before or after 1970, whatever, right? What do you have? And what area should I be in? What's a good school district? Just ask five questions. Great. Thank you. I'll follow up with an email. Then you follow up. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Anybody else I should meet? Do you have any other investors you work with? Love some references. You just, it's not about who you know, Crystal, in Memphis, just to pick on that, but who in Memphis knows what Crystal's looking for. And that's the beauty of the 75 day challenge, because at the end of 75 days, you will have 75 people. Let's just be, so let's say it's 50 people that know what Crystal's looking for right? Because the other 25 written you off, like eh, they're from California, they'll do nothing. But you'll still have 50 people that, wow, I found a three bedroom, two bath brick side building that's built in 1972. Crystal wants that. Let me call her or email her or whatever. Like that's all, that's how all this stuff ties together. Right. So, and then before that, that's why it's better to narrow down the specific criteria so that people remember you for that. Exactly. The worst thing you can call and tell an agent out of state, or this is something I used to get years ago that just, it started, it annoyed me and then it pissed me off is, oh, give me a deal that you don't want, right? Give me the next deal you don't want. Are you listening to yourself? If I find a deal, do you not think I'm going to do the deal? I mean, (laughs) what is this? Why are you picking up the scraps? And why would you trust me, right? You've met me for seven seconds, right? You saw me speak on stage. Why are you going to trust me, right? Go learn your market. Stop being lazy. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so, okay. Yeah. I have a list of questions that Perfect. I'm going through. You actually answered a lot of them because a lot of my, some of my questions revolved around, well, how do you, how do you get rid of that FOMO feeling when you're only focusing on one's up code? It's like, well, you don't have to. It's if you learn one, then just move on to the next one. Yeah. And, and what you need to tell yourself, Crystal, is you're not the whole art of this exercise, this golf swing analogy, and I don't know if it plays, I'm just using it because the only, it's the only thing I think that feels this way is I'm not trying to get you a deal, right? Let's be clear. This 75 day challenge, I'm not hoping at the end of it, Crystal has a deal. What mm-hmm. I'm hoping is, is Crystal has the confidence to know that she now knows what a deal is in that market, in that asset type. And th- if you get to that point, I won, right? That's, that's success in my book. Because right. you could take that skill, transfer it somewhere else. You could do all the research and realize, hey, I don't want to be in Memphis, blah, 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 whatever reason. But if we can get you to a point where you can go, that deal at 123 Main Street is better than 456 Orange Street because of this, this, and this, man, I won. That, 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 that's an awesome feeling for me. So then one of my questions is, how do you, so if I decide on a zip code and I think, okay, you know, I can afford some of the single families here and it cash flows. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think this would be a great zip code. How long do you think it would be? Or at what point do you, would you know that you would need to move on from that zip code? As in that zip code just may not have any deals there. Well, see, that, that's, that goes back to my example of Palo Alto, California, right? 
I believe every market. So this is what I teach. Every market, bar none, has bad deals, and a bad deal for me is negative cash flow. Never, ever, ever, ever do negative cash flow. Right? When you lots of people get burned in California because they bet on appreciation. Right? I don't care if I lose five hundred bucks a month because it makes me fifty grand a year. That's a loser strategy when the market turns. So never do that. Then there are average deals. Every rental property, every city has an average return, right? You put 20 or 30% down, they're going to make 4%. Well, 4% is kind of boring. And I'm just picking four as, as, as whatever average is for that market. Once you learn that, your job, Crystal, is to only do good or great deals. And I believe they're always out there. They're hard to find though. 95 to 98% of the active listings in every single market are average or bad. That's what new investors get. You, you try to hopscotch too, too much, right? I would never tell you to change markets because you can't find a deal, right? If you know what the average is, like you spent 90 days or 100 days in Memphis and the average is six and you haven't found something yet, you, you need to try. You need to talk to more agents. You need to grow your network. But if you tell me, I don't want to invest in Memphis because the biggest employer just left, like there was some external shock, perfect. That's great. But don't come to me and say, hey, I've looked for 30 days and haven't found a deal. I've gone months without finding deals, but I keep looking every day. Um, and they're out there. I mean, in this market where there, this is the most unusual market I have seen in 20 years right now. Listings are 30% below anything I've seen. Active uh, or offers are going at and getting bid up 5 to 10% all the time. I've done two deals in the last four months. Now, I'm, just, I'm not saying that to brag by any stretch, but I'm just saying if you do the work, if you make offers, and I've probably made hundreds of offers, right? Even if they're just verbal versus writing them down, I've had hundreds of conversations to get those two, but they're always possible, right? If you like Memphis and you just haven't found a deal in a while, it, you don't leave. You leave for external reasons. The, cool system, the school system changed or they raised taxes the employer left or, or I used to like to vacation there, but my ex-boyfriend's there now and I never want to go. I mean, it's some other factor. It's not the deal. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And it may not necessarily be that you're going to find your deal through the MLS, but that's the point of calling a new person every single day because exactly. that may come from sources that you wouldn't really expect. Both so. deals I got were from relationships mm. Yeah, because they know what I'm looking for. I look for older houses that have to be purchased with cash that don't file that don't that won't be approved for bank financing because everybody I'm competing with that's outbidding me they have bank loans I'm like I don't want to if everybody's fighting with that money I don't want to fight there I want to go find the stuff that doesn't qualify for FHA or it won't appraise or it's got some it's got a hole in the roof or or whatever right no back to the very beginning is know what you're looking for and tell everyone so, so what percentage of time do you feel like a newbie should spend on the MLS or analyzing deals from wholesalers versus contacting as many people as you can for? I, I would tell you in the beginning, if we just stick to the 75 day challenge, it's looking at the market should not take you more than 30 minutes. That's another thing as I see newbies do is they think it should take hours. I go through my market in five to seven minutes a day. And that's because you narrowed down on specific. Yeah. Zip codes? I know it. I know the zip codes I want, and I have the the I have the criteria set up. I just go through them one at a time, so they're not confused, right? Seven two eight, seven zero two, seven zero one, seven two six, and I just look every day. 
So if the workflow of someone new is going to follow that 75 day challenge, mm -hmm. then I'm curious, how does that compare to your workflow now that you've established a team, you know, you have those relationships built, what's the difference? Like, how, does it get easier? <laughs> you know, oh, like, yeah. everything in that challenge, I still do today. I may not do it as religiously. I may take days off here and there, but everything I put out there, whether it's the challenge, my book, my course, it's what I'm doing today. Nothing is fluff. Everything in that challenge, everything in that challenge I did, I didn't do it for 75 days though. I did it for five or 10 years, right? So, you know, you really want to talk about doing work? Let's do some work. <laughs> exactly. And then one criteria you mentioned in some of your videos and just now too is when you look at a zip code or a market, you want to find that better than average deal. Mm -hmm. So how does that, what if, you know, the market that you're looking at may not cash flow as well, then would it still be sufficient to find that better than average deal? Define, or define as well. What does that mean as well? Let's say you're breaking even. Yeah, see, I don't like break even. Break even is a losing proposition. Either put more down, because you can fix break even. You just put more down, right? Yeah, that's true. You put an extra 10% down, it's not as break even anymore. But you're, you know, never, ever, ever get negative cash flow. And I think break even is too close to negative cash flow if you want to know the truth. This okay. maximum leverage, this, this, all of that, that's not who I am. I've seen so many people get crushed by that and they get in. They, the water heater goes out then the kid, tenant's kid breaks the plumbing because they flushed an action figure down the drain. You know, a tree branch breaks and hits the roof. I mean, I've been in this game a long time and yeah. I don't want you to have that narrow a window. So get, you know, get a couple hundred bucks. And again, you fix break even by putting more down. So one of my questions mm -hmm. that I had when I was analyzing deals is I'm a pretty conservative person. I like to plan for the worst. Awesome. So I'm using pretty high like vacancy, maintenance, you know, all of those numbers. I'm bumping okay. up the percentage. Okay. So a deal that might look break even to me may not, you know, maybe a little better than break even. Yeah. So how would you suggest someone to adjust their numbers so that it's more accurate to reality? Because at this point, I'm not even sure if my percentages are are correct. For all I know, I could be passing up pretty good deals because it's showing as a cash flow of four percent and in reality it might be. Yeah. You know, so, so, that, how do you know if, yeah, so first off, be conservative. Uh, but guess what? After you do it for 10, 12, 15 days, you will have met three or four other people. Ask them. Mm -hmm. Never trust one person, but ask them. Say, hey, I'm using vacancy of 10%. And what have you guys seen? And oh, by the way, go, like if you pick a city, go and pick up bigger pockets and find the five investors that are in that market and ask them what they've seen. Just keep talking to people cross-check, validate. I can't tell you how many times in the beginning I would ask, like there's a zip code in Fresno called the tower, 93728. And I asked, I must've asked 500 people about it. And I heard the same things 400 times, but you never know where that one little tidbit would come in that would be net new information. And I also learned that some people speak up here that are rosy and some people are negative and I'm just trying to cross-check everything. So first off, know yourself. Awesome. You're conservative. But realize if you ask 10 people and they all say, you know what? Vacancies in Memphis are two to 3% for clean houses. Well, great. Instead of using 10, maybe you should use five, right? So go in, be conservative. But as you network, as you tell people what you're looking for, real estate investing is a people business. It's not about the house. 
So don't be afraid to tell them, hey, I've never, I haven't bought anything there yet. I'm using these numbers. What do you think? Or, oh, by the way, can you tell me one of your real estate investors in your Rolodex? I'd love to ask them questions. What have you seen over the last five years, Mr. or Mrs. Investor? Real estate investors in general are very happy to answer. I, as a real estate investor, I am very happy to answer questions about the market for a new investor, but they got to be specific. It can't be vague. Like the whole, give me a deal thing. I freaking hate that question. How do, how do you know what the deal is that I know a deal is? It's, it's just a dumb question. But if you say, hey, I'm looking in one, two, three, four Main Street or whatever it is, and I'm using a 10% vacancy, and they go, oh my God, darling, we haven't had a vacancy in four years. Well, you know, you're learning things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And there's multiple people that I can cross-check with, whether it's realtors, property managers, et cetera. Exactly. As you build yeah. your Rolodex, there you go. Right. Um, so I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, but there's two schools of thought. One is, you know what? If you're new, you're not going to get a perfect deal the first time. Just do it. Just do something, you know, to get something up your sleeves. Mm -hmm. And the second school of thought is more, yeah, you should be careful. Your first deal can be your last one if you're not careful. So what do you think is a good balance between that, especially given where we are in the market? Today? I would, uh, so what I believe is kind of neither of those. What I believe you should be able to do is you should be able to do your homework in a market. You should be able to go out to a dinner conversation with anybody you know, preferably somebody that would tell you the truth and say, hey, I've been looking in Memphis just to pick on it. Um, and I've looked at 75 houses. I want to tell you about the best two I've found. And if you can articulate to that individual why those two are better than the other 73, I give you the ability to write an offer. Until you can articulate why one is better than the other, you're gambling. And as a new investor, I don't want you walking up, taking out $20,000, throwing it on, you know, red 13. I don't want you to do that. It's, you could win, but it's not looking good. So I don't like either answer. I want you to do the work. People do the work. This whole, hey, just do a deal to do a deal. You're trying to shortcut work. When did fucking work become a bad, a dirty word? I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I totally feel that because I've, I have deals funneled into my inbox and obviously I haven't done enough work to see whether or not those deals are a good deal. Like, it, you know, on paper it'll seem, okay, yeah, I mean, it gives me a little bit of cash flow, but how does that compare to everything else? Exactly. Until you do that work, until, again, what, like, do you want to say the city you're looking at? Uh, yeah, Indianapolis. So Indianapolis. Until you can tell me what the average cash flow or the average yields in Indianapolis, I do not give you the right to write an offer. Nope. Can't do it. Sorry. Nope. Your pen's broken. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Because until you can say this this deal comes across and I've now looked at 120 properties and it's an 8% return in a 6% market. I mean, you're gambling. That's, that's dumb. So my next question goes into finding your team and okay. there's a lot of resources on this, including on bigger pockets, right? Where mm. they have a list of interview questions and yeah, just ask contractors these list of questions, project, sorry, not project managers, uh, property managers, those mm -hmm. list of questions. Well, how do you, how can you tell if you found the right contractor or the right project manager, especially contractors? How can yeah. you tell? Uh, it's tough. Yeah. In the beginning, um, the best, the best referrals come from other investors and contractors are always the hardest cause they, they don't want to mm -hmm. give them up. Right. Yeah. Um, 
But if you, if you network and you talk enough, it, it'll happen. You know, real estate agents, you got to get away from people who are influenced to steer you one way or the other, right? Go to a property manager. Well, they're only going to have their people. You want to, and again, what I would do is I would talk to 10 or 12 or 15 people in Indianapolis. And I guarantee you, you'll start to hear the same name. Right. right? Yeah. And you'll hear the same name to avoid, which is equally good. Right. Um, and the other thing you got to know about contractors is they're people too, right? I, I have a story of a contractor that I did, I don't know, like 12 or 15 or 18 deals in a row with on time, on budget, on quality, like the magic three. But then he unfortunately went through a divorce and he lost focus and his team fell apart. And, you know, next thing you know, he stole 20 grand from me. So it, this is a people business and life happens and you're, it's, you've got to manage it. And I should have known better and not release that other, I mean, it, at least half of that is my fault, right? I should, have, I should have only lost 10, but because we did all those deals together, I trusted him and mm -hmm. I shouldn't have. Um, but, you know, yeah, ask for referrals, quality check. And then again, get your butt on a plane and go there. Nothing beats going to a job site when they don't expect you. So don't tell your property manager, like if you get down to three contractors and you're evaluating them, get your butt on a plane, fly there on a Monday or Tuesday, call them when you're in the city and say, hey, what job are you at? I want to come see you. Because then you're yeah. going to, because how they treat that job site is how they're going to treat yours. Right. Yeah, because I know um, on bigger pockets they have advice such as, oh, go to go to Home Depot and see who work, wakes up early, you know, but as an out-of-state investor. That's, really like yeah, that, so. that's, I used to be a, an author on bigger pockets back in 06, 07, 08. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time there anymore. Yeah. It's, it's helpful when you're just starting out. Just yeah, to get it's got a big library, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they're more of a publishing house now. They, all those guys are writing books and making millions off books. <laughs> yeah, like you. Yeah, no, I'm not making millions. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We're on the way yeah, there. There you go. There you go. That's so funny. when you receive an inspection report, yep. what, are, what should an investor be looking for and how do you use that into your purchasing strategy? Because so there's a lot of things that go wrong. So how let's make know? sure when you say inspection report, we're on the same page. So you're buying a house, you're in escrow, you pay the $500 to have a home inspection. I assume that's what you mean. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're in escrow. So first and foremost, I go back to what did you think you bought? Did you buy a turnkey property that was clean? So anything found, you've got mm -hmm. to go back to the builder and say, Hey, not done. Do this work. Or was the listing as is, right? Cause again, you're, what are you buying? Right? If it's as is, then you need to look at that and go, Hey, is, it, is this what I expected? Cause you should have an expectation, right? You should probably expect an as is purchase to be, you know what? I might need to replace some windows. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the AC or water heater or boiler, I don't know what Indianapolis has, needs to be replaced, right? You should have an expectation. Um, the big things are going to be the mechanicals, which are AC, heater, boiler, whatever they have, roof and foundation. It's amazing how many spaces or places where foundations are a big deal, right? They have cracks and settlement and things of that nature. Um, other than that, um, other than that, health and safety, like wiring, right? If you buy a real old house, they can still have knob and tube, which is crazy. Uh, asbestos, right? If you had asbestos there, that could be an issue. Um, lead paint could be an issue depending on the age, right? You need to look for things that could be liabilities that you know you're going to have to take care of once you're the owner, right? When I get a report and it says it has best that, you know, asbestos, you know, whatever, the stuff on the roof or the ceiling, sorry, not roof, ceiling. 
Um, I take care of all that stuff immediately. I will always take care of health and safety issues before a tenant moves in. Um, what do you think is a good way to understand what is common in your market or what is common in you know, a specific time frame of, of build? See a lot of houses. Again, back to that whole, I mean, once you look at that market, because if the beauty, why I want you to get upfront to a list of 40 is because I want you to click on all of them. I want you to read the descriptions. I want you to see the eight to 40 pictures. And if you do that 75 days in a row, you will have seen so much stuff that you'll be able to go, this is average. And then you'll be able to go, well, this is below average. What the hell happened there? And you'll dig in. Oh, this is above average. That's unique. Cause that's all this is, is, is repetitive focus consistency so that you can look for the abnormal things. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And so when, when I give people my criteria about what I'm looking for, do you suggest that I narrow it to a specific zip code as well? Or do you think that it's okay if I leave it open-ended just no, to zip, see what- Especially if you're not in the location, right? Because you, if, you, if it's open-ended, you're going to get junk. You're going to be seen as a sucker, frankly. Yeah, okay. I would, maybe when you're in the game 10 years and you've got a portfolio, okay. But as a newbie, never do that. You're seen as a sucker. No, zip code, type size. And then, you know, once you tell them, you go, oh, by the way, if you have something else that you think is a good deal, bring it to me, but realize this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm also curious to know, would you ever invest out of state or because you're so integrated in Fresno, it'll probably just be your bread and butter? Yeah, we've thought about it many times. I thought about it in 06 or 07. Um, and we didn't, we went, I mean, I looked at three more. I looked at Texas, Nevada, Denver. We looked at like five or six different states. We just, I didn't have time to build another team. Building a team's hard, right? How long do you feel like it took you to, to build a team? Build a team that I can count on seven or eight years, right? Oh man, yeah, because I'm guessing you would use some people and then have to switch them out. Yeah, and, exactly. Like and then said, some people work. Have to switch them out again. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody that I work with today that I worked with the first eight years. Oh, wow. Nobody. And some of those left because we got too big. Sometimes they left because they got too big. Sometimes they moved. Um, if you're going to be in this game for a while, your team's going to evolve and change. Right. And every time you change people, it probably takes on a new risk. Because, again, sometimes you just don't know if you have the right people until things go wrong. Absolutely. I mean, I, again, you, you're dead on. We, we, had, uh, we had two flips going on at the same time. This is probably a year ago or so. So I tried to give another contractor a shot. Did not work well, right? Mm. I should have just waited, but no, I was impatient. So I ended up spending, you know, an extra 10 grand that I should have fixing his mistakes. Yeah, it happens. still happens to me. I still make mistakes. I still trust people. I mean, because everybody wants the job and, you know, sometimes, again, life changes, right? They may have done a great job for your buddy, but, you know, think times are different. People need to pay their bills and, you know, sometimes it comes out of your money. Yeah. Awesome. I think, I think one thing that occurred to me is I always thought 75 day challenge has a lot of great things that I can do, but what I didn't realize is how each piece ends up coming together because I think every single one of my questions, it goes back to something on that challenge. Like even the idea of FOMO, well, what if this, what if that, it goes back to the challenge. Um, It is an integrated list. Yeah. I like it. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) I should make that the title. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. 
just just give the time mark so that people can just click there and yeah, be like, oh, here. God, I know what to do now. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And again, uh, I only put out stuff that I do. Everything in that 75-day challenge I did for the better part of five to 10 years. Now, did it, was it every day? No, but I bet you it averaged six days a week for five years. Yeah. Right, right. And so when you first started, did you also play with different types of strategies? Because I couldn't decide on whether I wanted a C property with cash flow or B property that's lower headache with low cash flow. I was like, let me just do one of each. Let me also do one flip there too. So no. did you also experience that? Or no, I, um, <laughs> you know, I'm your worst student. No, probably. no you're, you're an awesome student. Uh, no, for me, it was, I just wanted a three bedroom, two bath, one story uh, house with a two car connected garage. That's, all that's so specific. Yeah, that's all I wanted. <laughs> that's probably what we need to do. So yeah, you need to get specific. And again, I invested. This was in late December of '02, um, but that's how it all starts. You got to get focused and stop the one of everything. Stop the one, the 17 different markets. You're going to become the best at this zip code for this asset type. And I promise you, in 75 to 100 days, you'll be able to say, Michael, the market does this, and I'm looking for that. And that'll be awesome. Great. Awesome. So is there any last words or last advice that you'd give me? Yeah, I would tell you not to beat up on yourself. And there's lots of real estate investors in your shoes that, that have the interest, but feel like they're stuck. Um, don't beat yourself up so much. I would also remind you, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. This is the most dangerous market to be a new investor in. So I want you to take confidence in not doing something today because you haven't earned the right in my opinion, to write an offer. Your chances of making a mistake today are high. So, so I mean, if you didn't write an offer until 2021, that'd be totally okay. Stack your paper, get ready to do a couple of deals in 2021. That's, that's an okay answer. Don't be in a rush that says, I got to write a deal in 90 days. This next six months is the most dangerous market to be a new investor. Appreciate that. Understand that. Realize you're going to learn in the most dangerous time. So you're going to be so powerful for the next decade. It's going to be awesome. But you've got to get through the muck and the mire and the, the thorns and the mud. It's, 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 it's going to feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. Yeah, it's the perfect time to hone learn. your skills during this time. Learn, learn, learn. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's all my, all my questions. A couple of them you already answered somehow read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, Crystal, thank you very much for reaching out. I really appreciate you being brave enough to record this. I will save this and I will post this tomorrow at noon, noon on Friday. All right. Thanks, Thanks. so much, Michael. Really appreciate it. And I'll update you on my progress. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thanks.